action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. How are you both? I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. It's been quite a while since our last podcast. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. I feel like there's loads of stuff I've watched at the cinema and not viewed on here. Mm. Um, but that's probably a good plug for our Instagram because I always do a little screenshot of my cinema ticket and then do a review on Instagram. And uh, it's, uh, I think Obi, you've done one as well, Monster Hunter. So uh, go and check oh, yeah. that out under... Yeah. Um, your average critics. Um, I think that's what we're called anyway. Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much we use it. But um, I also did a um, Twitter poll uh, at the beginning of the week um, because James Gunn's Suicide Squad came out. And so I just wondered what people's thoughts on the best, his best superhero team up was. Um, so the final results are 42% say Guardians of the Galaxy, 32% say Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and then only 26% said the Suicide Squad. That sounds about right. Okay. I mean, that surprises me because I thought recency bias might have led people more towards the Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of hyperbole about uh, Suicide Squad, to be fair. Okay. Well, let's talk on that first. Then. I don't know. Um, seen it as well, by the way, the new film. You don't know what? Sorry. I don't feel like that many people have ha- actually seen the new film, like that that we would like know, kind of thing. I think it's still taking like your normal cinema goer like quite a lot to go out and see. Oh, the... wasn't a poll by you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on HBO Max as well for the Americans. So. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, let's talk about The Suicide Squad then. James Gunn's mm, sort of reboot, not quite sequel. Um, basically, I'd call, rehab- I'd call it a soft reboot. Soft reboot, okay, yeah. we'll go with that. Soft reboot of David Ayer's 2016, uh, using some of the same characters. Um, so, returning are Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, um, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, um, and Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Um, I think that's all. And then new characters include John Cena as Peacemaker, um, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, um, not uh, whatever Will Smith played, I can't remember his name, Deadshot. Deadshot. Um, and a plethora of others, including Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. Um, so yeah, I mean, this leans a lot more heavily into comedy um it still follows relatively a similar kind of plot line to the 2016 version in the sense that you know amanda waller there's a threat to something uh in this case you know there's like a latin american nation that you know is posing a threat to the u.s because they've had a coup um and then she has to build this team, and then that team go and try and solve the kind of issue. Um, whereas rather than it being Enchantress at the end, it's uh, Star You. So, um... Star are you, Joker? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Pokemon. Let's just be upfront about that, okay? It's a Pokemon. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there are 
vague similarities in that sense. But for the most part, this is quite original. I think the comedy, he leans a lot more into that. Um, I think there's an, a lot more element of surprise, I think would be fair to say about this in terms of who survives. Uh, and I just think it's a lot more coherent in a sense mm. that the David Ayer's one sort of started and then was like, hey, let me introduce you to these characters and then went back and sort of did a mini sort of his Harley Quinn, his Deadshot, blah, 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 and then got back into the narrative and then really fucked it up by just confusing everyone um, and having Enchantress. So this was very much a lot more linear for the most part. Um, and I think James Gunn, don't quite know how he does it, but he seems to blend ensemble casts quite well. Um, so... Obes, if you want to start, talk to us about your thoughts on the Suicide Squad, what the positives and negatives, your rating, and then why you think um, it's not as good an ensemble film as Guardians. Um, yeah, so basic thoughts. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, um, and there's some really good like uh, action set pieces, I think. Um, he does... James Gunn's done... like. He's really good at making you care about like D-list characters and people who like. So he did it with Guardians. He did it with this film as well. Like, I actually gave a shit about certain people. Um, and even when uh, spoiler alert, when Rick Flag dies, I was actually like, ah, oh, allow it. They actually killed Rick. <laughs> like, one, I didn't expect it, and two, I didn't expect to to be like, ah, oh, like, upset about like, the fact that he died. Because in the first one, he I could take him or leave him. Like, you don't really don't really care about. Um, anything that he's involved in really um i think i think we've spoken for ages about like kind of like the things that were wrong with this the first suicide squad um and i think like one of the main issues was that it was too uh what's the word too like they tried to do too much basically like with all the, the all the enchantress stuff like i think it needs we needed yeah needs to be a more grounded story which i think they did with this i think up until like the end, I would say, with like the Star Road and all that stuff, because mm-hmm. um, it's literally like a simple like, okay, the US government is in danger because of X, Y, Z. I need your team to go in and do this mission. Blah blah blah. It's so all stuff on the ground, like with regular other people. You're not fighting like those random faceless, you know, things that they were fighting in the first Suicide Squad. Like it's just regular people and stuff like that, which I think lends better to the story because it's not like, I think one of my criticisms of the first Suicide Squad was like if the world's about to end where the fuck is the Justice League or, or whoever else like yeah and I think in this one it that's much less of a complaint I would say um and I think I think all the characters I think they they meshed really well I would say Idris Elba had really good chemistry with um uh what's her name Ratcatcher um I, yeah. don't know the, I don't know the actress's name but I thought they had a nice little thing going on funnily enough because I thought that I actually thought from what the little one scene in the trailer, I thought maybe they would be like romantic interest, but it was more like a father daughter kind of thing, which I thought was was pretty good as well. Yeah, I'm um, glad they did that rather than yeah, because you know, there's quite an obvious age gap there. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, her name is Daniela Melchior. Yeah, I, I like, pronounced that correctly. And it's another thing, like as well, like who the fuck is Ratcatcher? Like I care about someone called fucking Ratcatcher, someone who <laughs> who controls fucking rats. She like was basically like the heart of the film, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy that aspect of it too. Um, combine that with John Cena, who it's funny because 
like, I feel like John Cena at this minute in time is like a mini, less char- less charismatic version of The Rock in like the whole wrestler turned movie star kind of thing. He's not mm. quite there in terms of like stature, in terms of like um, star power either. But I think this James Gunn has done really well in terms of like uh, maximising his talent in that he basically plays the straight man. Like everything he says is serious, but the lines and the delivery are so stupid that yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Um, and it's I like the way they, they did that. And in comparison to like him in Fast and Furious, where he actually tries to act inverted commas as the bad guy and is not it's not good. Like, it's not really good. Compare that to this, I think they properly got the best out of his ability, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. And I'm looking forward to his his TV show later, whenever that comes out. Um, apparently, yeah. oh, God, sorry, sorry. Just, to, just to jump in, apparently, um, originally, James Gunn wanted Dave Bautista to play that role, but scheduling didn't allow it. So I mean, that could have worked as well. It is a, yeah. like, I'm thinking of, like, Drax in the first Guardians was kind of... Would not it not have been same, too similar, though? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, it's basically just a few of the guardians, but now a DC. I quite yeah, like, I quite liked um, John Cena in that. Um, John Cena is also quite good at that kind of delivering those straight lines in a comic way because he's in. It's not a great film, but he's in like Blockers. I was thinking. That. He, I was thinking Blockers. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's called Sisters with Amy Poehler. Um, he's in that as well, and he plays as like drug dealer basically but he's all his lines are quite funny but he says them dead, deadpan mm. um but yeah sorry continue that's fine um but yeah him and idris elba i liked their little like rivalry thing where they were like kind of trying like the scene it's probably my favorite scene of the film is when they go invade that camp and they, they kill, yeah. all, the good, kill <laughs> yeah. all the good guys i thought the little the twist that, like obviously them having like a little kill off i think i thought was, was proper funny and obviously the twist at the end where they actually killed all the good guys i think that was yeah. So so funny and so unexpected as well. I thought that was proper jokes. Um, I could have done with a bit more of that, to be honest. Like even like the way they did the action, I think I could have done with maybe a little bit more of that in the in the film in general. But yeah, overall, I think it's a really really solid film. Um, I would say it's probably the best film uh, as an actual as an it's the best actual film uh, in the DCEU. It's not my favourite, um, but it's a good film. And I would watch another one. It's probably, and I would watch this one again. I actually do kind of want to watch this one again. It's probably the biggest compliment I could pay. I would watch this again, like next week. <laughs> what about any kind of like detriments to it? Yeah. So negatives, I would say they used all their best jokes up in the trailer. I would say mm. um, it wasn't. I I didn't find the film very funny. I found it a bit amusing. I would say I would be like, oh, <laughs> that was that was funny. Like I would actually laugh, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy that too much. I could have done maybe, maybe a bit more, a bit more action. But, um, uh, but like, I don't know. They, that's, that's a bit harsh. I think they did quite a bit of good action, I would say. I'll take that one back. Um, I will say that I don't care for, um, so there's a few things I don't care for. So Starro being the main villain at the end, I think it would have been good to use him at him being a weapon of a main villain, I think would have been fine. Or if he was going to be a main villain, because this Starro is clearly a sentient being. He has thoughts and he has feelings. He even says right before he dies, like, I was happy looking up at the stars. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's actually like a proper deep line. But you <laughs> you don't know anything about this this flipping starfish. You know what I mean? Like, 
they could have made that so you actually like felt for him kind of thing I thought anyway um, yeah, I, I did get a sense of that I, I got the sort of sense that like he was yeah he, he was just sort of reacting to being kept by the thinker and mm. that whole plot line of the thinker um, I mean that whole thing anyway was a bit contrived I thought like mm. he was very uh, agreeing to just go with this team mm. And there wasn't that much pushback. They got into Yongheim quite easily. Yeah. And then he's like, Mohaha, this is my plan all along, you know. <laughs> and I was like, eh, I, that, that felt a bit forced. But mm. if he had been the main villain, um, and I think we discussed this in my group chat, and I think Chris agreed as well. And then, like you said, used Starro as a weapon, then that would have been a lot more, um, I think would have made a lot more sense. Cause like you said, Starro is sort of a bit like, I don't really want to be here, but, mm. I just have to like come out all of these mini sorrows and mm. and he was just sort of doing it because he was there and it it didn't really feel to me like there was a huge kind of I didn't feel like the villain a had a motivation mm. um and b it was like you know threat enough that um the suicide squad needed to kind of go out I would agree with that I would agree with that um yeah, um, sorry, I'm hogging the mic, but I'll just, do, just say a couple more things before and then let Chris say his piece. Um, so yeah, last two things I didn't like is uh, the Amanda Waller character, who I really enjoyed in the first one and enjoyed most of in this one. I feel like they kind of just so like at the end they um, she's about to uh, to kill to kill the Suicide Squad because they're going to turn back and fight against Starro. And then one of her underlings just comes and hits her with something. I think maybe a golf club or something. Hits her with a golf club and knocks her out. And I thought, I just thought this is so unrealistic for this character. This is a woman who, in the first film, killed everyone who was in the room with her before the Suicide Squad and come and, uh, so that no, so that anything that was in the room wouldn't get out. So she was unknown with the knowledge. She killed everyone in the room. So telling me if somebody physically assaulted her, she wouldn't go and kill them. <laughs> like, like, I just found that yeah. so hard to believe and I didn't really like they did that to her character. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really like that at all. And then she's at the end, afterwards. She's just sitting in the office, um, looking outside, feeling sorry for herself. I thought that was a bit. That was a bit lame. Personally, I didn't really like it. Um, I think it would have been better if maybe um, uh, what's his name again? Flipping out. What's Idris Elba's character's name? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. That's it. I'll say fucking bronze tiger. Such a shit name, isn't it? Such a shit. It's not, yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, blood. If Bloodsport had maybe like negotiated with her, I think would have been better and get. Like made it said, oh, if we do this, then you'll look good for the president. Blah blah blah. If he'd done something like that, I think it would have been better. And her seeing the benefit to her, and then she would be like, oh, okay, actually, I see where you're coming from, and then agree to let them fight, whatever, whatever. I think that would have been much better, personally. Um, and then the last thing is that I hope this is the last iteration of Harley Quinn that we see where she, where like half her story is about a man. And like how her reaction to falling in love quickly, I think it's played out. And I think the character, I think we can do better with that character. Because even in the, the first Suicide Squad, it's about her um, and the Joker is like a massive plot point for her and her escaping from him, blah, blah, blah. Birds of Prey is about the Joker breaking up with her and her being depressed and getting over and blah, blah, blah. This film, she talks about, she falls in love with that guy quickly who she kills. And then talking about red flags and stuff like that. I'm thinking like, can we evolve past her needing to be anchored by some sort of relationship to a man we can do more I think with that character we can do something that doesn't involve it doesn't have to be a man it can be someone else it can be a woman yeah. even or it yeah. can just be her 
you know, dealing with other stuff that doesn't involve a relationship. Yeah. There was a sh- when she kills Luna, I think that was his name, mm. um, there was a shot, like a high-angled shot. Uh, she's laying on the floor, and so is he, and there's like a couple of weapons around him. And do you remember that shot in the OG Suicide Squad where Joker is lying and he's surrounded by weapons? Yeah. Uh, vaguely. I wondered if that was like a sort of little nod to that because mm. it's like a man that she was with uh, and she kills Luna but didn't kill Joker. So I wondered if there was a parallel there. But um, yeah, Chris, um, what, what are your thoughts on the film and do you agree or disagree with anything that Obi's discussed? Um, I, I, I have to agree. I really like the film. Um, probably one of my favourite ones. I don't know if that includes the original Batman films, but it's probably one of my favourites. Um, I think, yeah, the villain as a whole wasn't the greatest villain. I think in my mind, they could have, they could have probably kept the big, if, well, it didn't even need to be a big starfish. I don't remember it being a big starfish when I watched the cartoon one, but, they could have just kept it as the starfishes just being on people's faces, I think, and that would have been fine. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a good film. I thought it was a bit of a shame that Captain Boomerang died because I quite liked him from the first film. Yeah, but, same. I, but I do feel like they were just trying to... What's the word? They're trying to... Um, to show you that anyone can die. Anyone can die, and they're trying to get away, as far away from the original film as possible, I feel, and mm. just keep, like, Harley Quinn and... Um, Rick Flag and mm. again I was I was devil when Rick Flag went down. I was like, mm. no way. I was like I thought he would be at least one character they'll keep in it. Mm. He keeps quite grounded. But then I think they did quite a good job of making Idris Elbrus character do that instead. That when the shark was about to eat the girl and the girl's like communicating with him and before that Idris is like protecting her. And then yeah. I thought his character was good. Um I could tell that when they went to take down the village of people, halfway through them doing it, I was like, "This is definitely the good camp." I was like, "It's definitely the good camp." Oh, really? Did you? I didn't see. I didn't yeah, that I saw that coming. But I, I thought <laughs> all, all the same, it was still hilarious because, like, yeah. their rea- I feel like the woman's reaction didn't really emphasize how bad their situation yeah, was. But they, they, <laughs> they joked about it so much; it was quite. It was just funny. She was uh, literally just like, "Oh yeah, you've murdered my entire squad, but I'll help you." Like, what? <laughs> Can I just yeah. say as well, sorry, Chris, because you yeah. just reminded me of that, from that scene, I fucking almost died. Like, this is the only time I actually laughed, was when, um, when Idris Elba said to John Cena, no one else to show off, and then John Cena said that they do when it's dope as fuck, and then Idris Elba was like, oh, fuck, that's right. <laughs> I, I, that's the only time I laughed, literally throughout the whole film. Oh, no, I, I, have, I that part I have to disagree on. I, I did, I did like, have a little chuckle a few times in the film, actually. It was actually quite early on, I think I had quite a few chuckles. But that opening scene was quite funny, I feel. Um, I think it's good that they made it, like, R-rated with the with the blood. Because yeah. it kind of, like, I guess shows the actual devastation of it, I guess, of what's actually happening. Um, I thought the guy, with the, the guy who could move his limbs, I thought yeah, he, he was, was, he was hilarious. Was, that was hilarious. Um... I was going to say, Chris, just to piggyback off what you said about yeah. um, showing how like serious stuff is, I think they did that as well when um, Michael Rooker's character was just looking at all the destruction and he shot himself and then just fucking started swimming back. Yeah, yeah. That, that I didn't expect. Like, I, I thought he was just going to like save them all. I thought he was going to throw a ball or something and he was going to knock out every guard. And then when he 
when he was the one running back, I was like, fuck's sake, they're gonna ha- they always have to do this thing where it's just, that's kind of like similar to the previous film, isn't it? Instead of someone being scared, someone's trying to escape and she blew it, blew their head off. Um, I was bare long waiting for that cut scene and getting only all we're getting is the oh no, the first scene was the rap being alive, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought the character was funny, but like not a clue what the fuck what the point of that was. Um, I thought it was going to be in it more. Yeah. I feel like it was funny though when um, Amanda's like every member of this squad has got chosen for their own unique abilities, and then Peacemaker's backstory was exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. That was funny. I like. I like. I feel like I like Idris's character because he's like calling out things that the audience want to call out as well. Like he called her. He called her out, and it was like, yeah, she is saying the exact same thing. What the fuck is she doing? I'm trying to think, like, uh, I think I was, like, really, like, what the fuck is Polka Dot Man going to bring to this? Um, but I thought he was hilarious. Uh, the rap girl, quite good how, yeah, like you said, they their, their relationship with Idris Elba's character again. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was more I had to say about it, really. Uh, is there anything you didn't like? Hmm, anything I didn't like? Uh... Uh, good question, actually. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you in the, the Amanda Waller thing. Not mm. necessarily her getting battered in the head, because she was going a bit nuts. Mm. But actually now what you're saying in comparison to the previous film, that situation doesn't kind of, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, I just feel like they would all be afraid. I feel like they'd be so afraid to do it in such a... Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but, it's just yeah, they kind of—I feel like they tried to set up that it's not the same situation from the beginning when they're taking all the bets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I didn't like—I didn't like the fact she was feeling sorry for herself at the end. I thought that's not—that's yeah, not her man. character. Mm. And like, no offense, you're not meant to humanize her character. She's meant to be the ruthless, like, mm. person who who will just get the job done. She don't mm. care mm. about anyone. She's she's out there making sure the job. It's finished to perfection, yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a bit silly. Um, what did you think of um, like the the twist of uh, John Cena kind of like becoming the bad guy, basically? I thought I thought it was really good that like that was a thing. Like Amanda Waller fought through like to get someone to save her ass if it all goes south, basically. Mm. Um, I, I was I thought it was good that he became the villain. Mm. Um, maybe thing is he was always going to get caught. That was that was my thing. Like, it's, I thought Rick was going to beat him. I thought Rick would just take him down, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was quite surprising. And how they showed this like knife stabbing Rick in like the the gut, basically, was it? Yeah, that was, that, in the heart. I think. Yeah, in the heart. And yeah. I was like, raw, like, okay, he's he's dead. What the yeah, hell? They made sure you know he's dead. Yeah, I was like, because I, I didn't know about the Peacemaker series. So when the life support machine or whatever it was was on at the very end I was like oh that must be Rick Flagg they must have saved him mm-hmm. and they're sending him some kind of like robot and it wasn't I was like oh that's oh I was like what's, what's going on but this is not what I expected so kind of good in that way that I didn't expect it but um yeah then uh I thought that was good I thought it was a good little twist I thought like the brain geezer could have done a bit more absolutely I'm a bit I'm a bit shocked that that there wasn't more done uh, with his character. And, yeah, he did just kind of give up a bit easy. 
you don't really actually, you don't really see his power in action. No, he just, doesn't. Really, yeah, he doesn't really do anything. Just really intelligent with rods coming out of his head. Yeah, like, and he gets captured and then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> it really might, be, might have been a bit nice to see a bit more of backstory between Rick and Bloodsport because they seem to be good yeah. pals. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't don't think it's necessary. But it could have been a nice little extra. Um, I think Harley Quinn's character developed very well. In this one, in, in comparison to the last film, however, your analysis is pretty spot on. I didn't think about it like she's always relationship. That's yeah, like a, that's like a central theme to her, yeah. and I feel like it's it's it's, like, it's a difficult one because obviously they're trying to show like how beautiful she is mm. and how crazy she is, mm. but like they've got to kind of fear away from it because they they do a good job of showing how friendly she is with like Rick and stuff. Mm. And I thought that was quite good. Yeah, um, I, I, so the thing that I think that's one of the things that like lets you know that it's not like a complete reboot because of, they show that these characters do know each other and they clearly have been through missions together, together, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That's good. I was I was actually really surprised that so late on the character died uh, as well. Uh, Polka Dot Man just dying. Yeah, do you know what I? I heart I only. I thought I didn't think. Yeah, I, I was like you. I didn't really think anyone was, else was going to die from that point. But it, obviously, when he said, "I'm a superhero," I was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to die." <laughs> I was just like, "They're just clearly like, setting up to die," kind of thing, which I think was kind of raw. That but um, I, I liked him as well, especially like I quite enjoyed. Um, I think even his like backstory of um, his mum saying, "Oh yeah, my mum was like obsessed with making superheroes," and like she basically psychologically fucked up me and my brothers and sisters, kind of thing. Like, which I think was pretty. Interesting little backstory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I thought you had more, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, um, yeah, I enjoyed his character a lot as well, because, like, he's clearly, like, unhinged. (laughs) But, like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't over-the-top kind of thing. It was was just really, like, subtle. And, obviously, like, the fact that he sees his mime everywhere was proper funny as well. And then... um, even the bit where um, they're in the just before I think the building explodes, like at the end, and um, the random guy Milton dies, and he's like, they killed Milton, and then, and then he just over and Harley Quinn, like, who the fuck is Milton? Milton yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah. Quite clever. Yeah. yeah, that was quite funny as well, actually. I'm chat- yeah, it was funnier than I'm than I'm uh, than I've made it out to be actually. I, was... I think it's um, I think done. I think he's done really well. Like he didn't do the first one, did he? Who? Uh, James Gunn. He didn't. He didn't do the first. No, no, no. David Ayer did the first. Yeah, because I know. Um, who is it? Who whoever plays? Um, oh, what's his face? The guy who died at the end, uh, near the end. Um, Rick Flagg's actor. Yeah. He was chatting about getting the Ayer cut released. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know what else they could throw out there for it to be a better film. This is the thing, like, apparently, according to, to David Ayer himself, he said that apparently, like, his tone, his cut of film is, like, a completely different tone to the one that they released. And it's maybe, like, I feel like it's, more, like, more serious. Because I think with the original Suicide Squad, they put in a lot of, like, I feel like they tried to kind of, like, make it, like, a version two of Guardians of the Galaxy, and they just made it, like, put loads of songs in it and made it, like, really, like, like poppy. And I think that's the avenue they tried to go for it. And I think David Ayer's one was supposed to be, like, a lot more a lot more serious. I think one of the mate, the first trailers of the Suicide Squad, if you watch that in comparison to the, the film, 
that actually come out, like the tone is just like night and day. Cause like the one, the, the David Ayer's version, I think was a lot more sinister and like a lot more like, um, had the joke, had the joke in it a lot more. So I think it was supposed to be more like psychologically kind of like fucked up mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. Maybe, maybe that could be quite good then. Hmm. But the thing is, like, people say like, release this car, release that car. I'm all like, I love watching these films, innit? So, fuck it. Release it, man. Release them all. I want to watch it. Yeah, um, it'll get enough traction. Like, I Mm. think most people will probably think, like, it can't get any worse than what it already is. Like, I know Glenn likes it, but, like, the first film can't get much worse than it already is. Like, an an extended cut could surely only make it better, we'd think, at this point. Yeah. Although I'm not sure how. I assume that that is the way forward with it, but... Would you say that, um, like, DC is now, like, trending upwards? Because I feel like we've gotten, like... I feel like... What's that? The last three films, I think, have been Shazam, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Birds of Prey wasn't done well. Do you know what? I need to watch Birds of Prey again, because the first thing I was thinking after watching Suicide Squad yesterday was thinking, "Mm, I feel like I enjoyed Birds of Prey more. But I haven't watched that in a year. So a year and a half. So you, I feel like I want to watch that again to refresh my memory. This Suicide Squad. Say that again. You thought you enjoyed Birds of Prey more than this Suicide Squad film? Yeah. Off, really? on, on, on first reaction. But I need to watch. I feel like I should watch Birds of Prey again. Because I, I enjoyed Birds of Prey quite a lot. I feel uh, like I did enjoy it, but I don't know if I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. Um, I suppose that it was a. It's probably the most... Is it... Oh, was the villain good enough in Birds of Prey? I enjoyed the villain in that more than more than this. I would say that much. Not that he was that good because he died. He died really quickly. But I enjoyed him more than this. I would say. Hmm. Personally, that was interesting actually. But yeah, I want to rewatch that because I think. But then it's different though as well because with Birds of Prey, my expectations were quite low, um, and it surprised me that it was good. Whereas with this, I feel like my expectations were not high, but I would say pretty average because. Um, people have been saying like obviously I watched it like maybe a w- ten days after after it come out, yeah. Uh, and people have been saying constantly how like they think it's really good. DC's best, DC EU's best film. So I was like, okay, so the film must be pretty decent if everyone's saying it's it's good. Yeah. So, so maybe this maybe, is why uh, anything to you, but obviously you've read other things, haven't you? So. Well, yeah, it's the thing. Like I've spent like <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, I was in isolation for like pre- for pretty much the day suicide to come out to for the next ten days afterwards. So, like, all I was reading on Twitter was, like, people talk, like gushing about the film and it's got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and da-da-da-da and DCU's best film, one of my best films ever. So I'm like, OK, cool. That's pretty good. Um, so, like, you, me asking you and asking Glenn, like, what you thought of the film, I don't think would have made much of a, much, yeah. much of a difference. Because no, people, there were people hyping up already. I've literally, I've only seen one person say they don't like it. People like, do bum off James Gunn's films, though, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's one of those directors that whenever he releases something, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. Like, um, I haven't obviously heard the last few minutes of your conversation. Yeah, but saying that, I, I, I mean, I, I know Obi really likes Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I think you think it's quite good as well, but I don't think that, to me, that film wasn't that great. Well, interestingly, so I voted in our poll, um, and I... I actually said that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was the better ensemble. Mm. 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 Again, I'm doing gun figures right now. 
Is that because you agree or you disagree? I agree. Oh. Right, hang on. Typically, I've got to step out again, but we'll park that uh, conversation. I think, I think, I think the problem with, I guess it's like another villain thing for me. I didn't like the villain, therefore it wasn't a shit film. But the villain I thought wasn't great, or yeah. wasn't yeah. But the final, the final part of the villain wasn't executed well in my in my mind. So I, that's really why I don't like it as much. But then saying that Guardians of the Galaxy One's villain wasn't. I was very easily defeated in the end. This is my thing. So, like, I agree with you that Ego uh, isn't a great villain or even a good villain, but I do think he's better than Ronan, and I think he's better than Starro as well, to be honest. Yeah, Starro's not the best villain. I feel like, yeah, I think that, I feel like they, they tried to make this villain a bit too jokey because I think if they had just had the starfishes on the face mm. and maybe a starfish locked up being controlled, mm. then maybe that would have hit more home for people like mm. the thinkers controlling this thing mm. and this thing's getting hurt so you kind of empathise with the villain and then the villain's also controlling the humans which seem to have all died by the way uh, yeah I did like I liked the backstory to it that they were just like anyone who disputed the uh, the family of uh, Corto Motis wherever they're, wherever they're from um, they would just feed them to the <laughs> feed them yeah. to the to, to uh, starfish Cool. And even like the effect of um, I think they took the starfish off one of their faces, and it was just butters. I was like, yeah, that's that's grim. I quite <laughs> like that, that as well. Um, but yeah, like you say, I just think I feel like it, that could have done with more, with more, with better planning. I feel like or making at least making us have a villain. Obviously, it's a Suicide Squad film, and it's a James Gunn film, so I would so like in my eyes, he doesn't really put that much thought into villains he more fo- focuses on the heroes inverted yeah. commas um but we're like the, when you think about the best villains that we've gotten in uh like marvel not to talk about marvel but but like you think of like thanos and you think of loki and you think of killmonger like they're people who have clear plans and ideologies and people who you can resonate with in certain aspects of like what they want to do whereas with starro like you didn't know anything about him the thinker he was just like a power hungry scientist and then the general and the uh, the army guy, like fuck knows what they're about. <laughs> like you don't know anything about them. Yeah, but, true, like, yeah. very true actually. Um, um, yeah, I suppose you can see you can see Amanda Waller as kind of like an antagonistic character as well. So you know that kind of like bumps it up a little bit for me. But yeah, even still, I think they could have done a bit more in that in that aspect of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to other things about the film. Yeah, um, what else? What did you think about, like, the action? Yeah, I thought it was a fair bit, but like, I think you agree with you. There could have been a bit more. Like, the first scene, very action-packed. Well, mm. I thought it was pretty... That first scene was pretty action-packed, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people just dying, really. Mm. And then after that, there was, like, just got them in the woods, really. Not a lot going on. Mm. And finding out the polka dot man throws up polka dots. Shark <laughs> yeah. shark. I will say as well, actually, um, that scene as well with um, John Cena in the tighty whities, uh, that was very yeah, funny as well. And he was that's like, that's racist. That was quite funny too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to know how you can kill King Shark because he seems pretty uh, indestructible. Yeah, I will say as well, like, the thing with, I agree with you, yeah, I don't know how you, maybe chop his head off or something, I don't know. But I will say as well, um, 
the bit with King Shark near the end where he goes and finds that tank of like random creatures, I thought I was thinking like, what the fuck? What's the point of this? What? Literally, what's the point of this scene? I thought that was a waste of a good two, three minutes. I just thought it was silly. And I think it's meant to be. I think it was meant to be funny, wasn't it? But that's what I guess it's whether you whether you like that kind of humor, I guess. But um, I guess. yeah, I, like, it yeah. didn't really. It didn't add anything to the film. Like, did at it? All. Like, yeah. The fish didn't it, back yeah. anyone else. So. Yeah, and also like obviously those animals. If if those animals had turned evil which they did obviously and and like actually injured king shark or i don't know done something tangible to him i would have been okay that seems worth it but all you see is then they start biting him you see a sea of blood or whatever and then he comes out two minutes later and he's fine so i was like gets shot gets lots of bullets and they all just reflect off him yeah what was i was just like what was the point but you know whatever uh i will say as well that um i feel like Ooh, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna say it. this film as well didn't have a scene, in my opinion, as cool as um the first Suicide Squad when Deadshot just goes ham and starts fucking chopping people down with his bullets and reloading and still shooting people and da 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 da. Like that's one of my favourite scenes of that film and I feel like they didn't have anything quite as cool as this. Obviously overall they had loads of different cool scenes like Harley Quinn's uh, breaking out of prison, that was sick. Um Bloodsport and Peacemaker doing their kill off that was sick as well. Obviously they had that, but like individualistically, I thought that scene with Will Smith was, was proper sick. And yeah, I was gonna say actually, yeah. iconically, is there a scene where you're gonna be like, Wow, that was epic from this film? Mm. Point actually. Mm. Um And it's funny because obviously like you would put it at your a lot of people, uh, probably yourself included, would put it like at the top of like your DC EU film rankings or DC I think you said he was up there in terms of just like DC in general I think is what you said um, yeah but then yeah, thinking like yeah was is there any iconic moments in this film it's a good question I think I can't think of hmm. I don't think there is actually like I can't think of many hmm. or any iconic lines like but so it's not really that sort of film I guess but even for me Guardians 2 like uh, has got some really strong moments in it. Like, I'm not seen not to compare it, but like, Guardians 2, for example, like Yondu's, um, when everyone turns out for Yondu's Viking funeral, like, for, for Yondu's funeral, and Sean Gunn's in the, in the, in the, in the mirror, like, screaming, like, yeah, like, because they will come. Or even, um, when, uh, when Yondu's <laughs> got the, uh, umbrella at the end and, um. Oh, Mary Poppins moment. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Or the bit where Ego tells, um, what's his phone? It's Peter that he killed his mum, and then Peter just goes mad and starts shooting him, like, not right even thinking. Like, I think moments like that. But I, I'm an emotion guy, so, like, I like, like, stuff with heart in it, which I think like, that's why I like Guardians 2 so much, because it's got a lot of heart, I think. Yeah. Um, this, I think. Sorry, go yeah. on. No, go on, go on, I would say this film, Suicide Squad, I think is definitely got more heart than the first one, and I cared a lot more about the characters than the first one. Not quite, not quite there. But then obviously, Guardians Two is the second film, so maybe if we make another Suicide Squad, then it'll get that level of like emotion from me. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the only, the most em- emotional like scene that had influence in this was probably the Harley Quinn one, where she's having the love moment there and she just suddenly just kills. Yeah. The bloke. Um, yeah, it's a good point actually. Very good. Did you point. see that coming? Him, her killing him. Did you see that coming? 
yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought something along those lines. I didn't know she was going to kill him, mm. but I felt like she was going to do something to him because, like, it was too good to be true. Mm. In my eyes, and I felt like she, she was obviously like you could tell she's on like a redemption arc. So to be influenced by another crazy killer was just like, nah, not going to happen. Yeah. Can't, have, can't have that happen again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I must admit that fight, the fight scene she had getting out of prison was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty sick, yeah. And, and like, obviously in the movie, the movie ruins that scene where he's like, he, he come to save her. She <laughs> yeah. Going back to save her. Yeah. Uh, what film's this? Suicide uh, Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, just a bit where, um, where they go to rescue Harley, but she's already escaped. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I was saying that like that point, that part of the film's like kind of ruined by the trailer. Like we all we all knew he was going back for a yeah. Kind of... Like Obi said earlier, like most of the jokes and the plot points were um, just just ruined by the trailer. Like Starro, like that scene with the thinker where he's like, "You can't even cough without me," you know, telling you what to do, sort of thing. Um, mm. But yeah, so apologies for me being a bit awol for the last few minutes. Well, twenty forty five, but hey ho. Um <laughs> so yeah. Um I interrupted you, Chris, please continue. No, that was it, mate. You didn't interrupt. Um okay. pretty well pretty unless you unless you trigger my memory of it something. Um I was gonna say, Glenn, you can continue why you think uh, Guardians two is great. Did you ah. Did you agree with me with your gun fingers, or is that you're going to kill me because I'm wrong? No, I'm just me agreeing with you, mate. Gang, gang. All right, gang, cool. Gang. Well, I I think it's a better ensemble film, not necessarily a better film, but I just yeah. think with Guardians Two, um, what he does really well, and I think it helps that he established most of them in Guardians One. I think that is a huge part of it, but I just felt like all the characters, like there was a lot more characters that he was dealing with. So include, you know, on top of Star-Lord, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, Drax, he also included Mantis, Ego, um, then like all of those like prison people um, and um, I can't remember any of their names to be honest, but then there was a lot more for um, Michael Rooker's character to do. What's yeah. his name? Yondu. Yondu, yeah, and then Kraglin. So what he did is I felt like each of them all had a significant amount to do to the point where I wasn't like, oh, he didn't really do that much. And, I mean, even he introduced the old Guardians with um, Sylvester Stallone and Miley Cyrus and all of those. Um, So I just think in terms of the sheer scale of cast that he had, I felt like I could remember when I was thinking back on it, I was like, oh, yeah, there was those characters and they did this and that's how that, you know, was key to the plot and even if it was only a few minutes at a time you know similar to what the Russos did with Infinity War and Endgame it was you you came out of it thinking I know why that character was included and I feel like even if it was a short amount of time like I got enough out of that character whereas Guardians 1 probably because it was establishing a lot of the um, relationships between the Guardians I felt like, um, you know, uh, the villain, um, what was his name? Something that just, Ronan. Ronan. He was a bit naff. Um, and his, his band of, of team. Um, so I just felt like, uh, and then you had all the Kree as well. Mm. Is it the Kree? 
on Dan mm-hmm. with like Glenn Close and that. So I felt like they didn't quite. It felt a lot more focused on the Guardians and everyone else was like secondary or tertiary. Um, and I think when I was thinking on the Suicide Squad, he does well with the characters that survive the first act. Mm-hmm. But in, I felt like um, for a lot of the characters he introduced right at the beginning, so Javelin, the detachable kid, um, <laughs> Mongol, uh, Pete Davidson's character, like it was more like, oh, look at this famous face. Oh, they're dead. Rather yeah. than, rather than, oh, I know something about them and I think that it was worth them being introduced. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of um, the X-Force scene in Deadpool. Literally, literally that, yeah. Mm. Um, so I, was, I would have liked a bit more from those initial people, um, particularly like Mongol, like... I'm not even sure what she was, what her powers were. Mm. She was just sort of like there and killed off. Um, and I mean, Pete Davidson's character, like tiny amount to do. Captain Boomerang, like Chris said, was pretty useless. Mm. Even like Flula Borgby and Javelin, like I thought he would maybe survive because he was, you know, it's like give this Javelin to Harley Quinn and this is your purpose. And then like there was no real payoff with that either. Um so I, I just sort of felt like it was a bit cheap. Mm. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I, I, I would actually agree with that. Um, but I suppose the saving grace of it is, I think for me, they, they did it like right at the start. I mm. think I think it would have been like with with the Deadpool thing that I mentioned a minute ago. I think because they did it like in the middle of the film, and you thought, oh yeah, they're building up a team kind of thing, and then they just killed them off like straight away. I thought that that annoyed me more than this, I would say. And also the fact that this was surrounded by a pretty good action scene, I would say, as well, I think made it a bit better. Like it wasn't cheap. It wasn't like a cheap death or cheap mm, deaths. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that if that scene was five minutes longer mm. or there was a little bit more like, oh, this is what this person does. Because I think for, for an ensemble film of this scale, particularly, you know, the Suicide Squad, every character needs to justify their inclusion. Um... And I think for a couple of those initial ones, they don't. You mm. just sort of think, how yeah, do you but, include... But the, but the only reason the others aren't... So she was like, you all picked for a reason. But, like, obviously them ones were picked to be decoys, weren't they? Mm. For, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. But I just think, like, in terms of James Gunn saying, oh, we're going to have Captain Boomerang, uh, Rick Flag, Mongol, uh, Weasel, oh. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All of those. There was, like, eight of them. And I think six of them had significantly more still not a lot more than the others like mongol was like she was an actual kind of alien or whatever um and i can't remember anything about her apart you know i don't even remember how she died it was just sort of like why did you include that character if you weren't gonna give them significantly less um focus than the rest of them but I, it's 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 a minor issue i guess mm. but um, it was a helicopter crash by the way that killed her oh okay Mm. Killed who? Who are you talking about? The, the orange the or- woman. Yeah, the orange woman. Oh, yeah. Wow. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I see, like, things on, like, Twitter and Instagram of that actress being like, oh, it's so great to be part of it. I'm like, what the fuck? I would have been fuming. <laughs> I wonder if they I wonder if they filmed, like, all of them dying so they didn't know who actually died in the actual film. 
Nah, that'd be too long. That'd be I too long. I was going to say, they'd have to film like another separate film. Yeah, that'd <laughs> pretty be much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying, Ken. Yeah. Um, and I think that, because we kind of all knew, like, like, I don't think anyone looked at this cast list and thought, oh yeah, these lot are all making it. We kind of like knew that pretty much 70% of them were going to die kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would have been nice if we knew a bit more about them, yeah, before they kicked the bucket. Any concluding thoughts on the Suicide Squad? I was going to ask, um, are you guys looking forward to uh, the Peacemaker TV show? I'm probably not going to be able to see it because I don't have HBO Max. Well, I imagine I imagine they'll put it on like a... It'll be Sky or Now TV, I think. I think that's the deal that they've got with HBO, I think. It might even be on Netflix, to be honest, because they usually get um, DC well, yeah, they, they they get Titans, don't they? And that's, um, that's and technically HBO Max now, isn't it? Yeah. So, and they have um, Lucifer, so they probably do have tie-ins with DC. Yeah. So it would be pretty good if it was on Netflix. But, Although, um, well, I don't know if Netflix would sell to another thing, uh, I don't know if HBO would work with another streaming platform. Doom Patrol wasn't ever on Netflix. No, Doom sure. Patrol was on um, Stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, again. Stars Disney? No, Stars is like his own separate. Thing. Oh, that's the one that has um power. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but well, I, I was going to say about the Peacemaker TV show. I'm curious to see what the. Cause I think James Gunn is writing writing the series, and I think he's directing some of the episodes as well. Yeah, he's so, he's written all of them and directing half of them. Okay, yeah. So that gives me hope that the show's going to be good for a start. Um, I'm wondering what's because obviously the the end credit scene they were like oh yeah we need to we need to get this guy because he's going to save the world so I'm wondering what they mean by that and I kind of see like a <laughs> peacemaker as like basically like Captain America if Captain America was to do everything that the government tells him to do um, <laughs> so yeah I'm kind of curious to see how I'm going to curious to see how that's going to play out one and I'm curious to see if anything he went through in this film is going to change how he was, how he acted in this film compared to the TV show. Or if he's just going to be literally like, okay, the government tells him to do this, I'm going to do this. Kind yeah. Of I wonder how he would fare being the sole focus as well. That's that's a good layer. I don't know. If that's it's, a, it's a big step up for, um, mm. for a minute mm. to suddenly uh, take on such a com- well, commanding role, really, isn't it? To be, to be a lead, yeah. 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 So it'd be interesting. Because what's he been in? He's been in that film you said about earlier. He's been in... Was he in Daddy's Home 2 or something? When he did, like, stepdad or something. No, um, the actual dad or something. Uh, I th- yeah, I feel like he might have been. He was, also, he was also in quite a lot of WWE films back in the day. Like Marine, yeah. I think he was in a couple of those. Oh, yeah. But that one, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I must admit, I, 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 I haven't finished uh, F9 yet, but um, he didn't seem like the strongest villain in the world no uh, but yeah yeah I, I mean I will watch it if I'm able to um, I don't know I think James Gunn said it will have like implications for other DCEU kind of projects That's cool. more then pardon Gunn hopes no I said that would be cool cool I was going to say is he in any other projects um, I, not that I know of, but I think James Gunn has said that he's contracted for another DC film, but not necessarily Suicide Squad. So I don't James know. James Gunn is contracted or John Cena's contracted? 
James Gunn. I think he oh, said okay. he's doing another DC film. Or maybe it was just he would do it. But, I mean, he's, he's obviously straight into Guardians now, so... Mm. Um, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I mean, there's a Guardians Christmas holiday special coming before the actual Guardians 3. Yeah. Um, and that's hope, supposed to be hope, canon, so... Yeah, I hope Baptista stays in it. I know he's got, like, this thing about... <laughs> Baptista. Like, so, yeah, should be Baptista. <laughs> He's a footballer, no? Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear there was a wrestler under that name as well, no? No, it's the same person you're thinking of, but his name's Batista, not Baptiste. Uh, yeah, still, mine's better, isn't it? Mine's better. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think with Guardian Three, he'll probably kill off people like Drax. He's not coming back. Um, it's a but... shame, but he's just he's just the comic relief, really, now, isn't he? Yeah. He, he sort of burnt his bridges, doesn't he, with Marvel and him. I'm kind of mad to, to think about it, because like, it was only like 10 years ago he was struggling to even get acting gigs, and now he's like... Well, you, uh, you, you just need that one role to break out, don't you? Yeah. I guess he, he, you've got to stand by what you believe in, I guess, and he believed what, that... What did he do? Sorry? What did he say? He basically said he was going to quit if they didn't rehire James Gunn, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, they, I mean, they, they rehired him, though, so now what? <laughs> Yeah, but I think he just wasn't happy with how it all went about and was sort of a bit like, and sort of, it's lost its charm. But, I mean, it's understandable because James Gunn was the one that made him a massive superstar with casting. Mm. So you've got a back boy. Um, But, I mean, talking of Marvel, um, there's some Spider-Man No Way Home promo art. I mean, they're doing everything but giving us a fucking trailer. Um, But... Good, but you, but but we know what's going to happen, so it's kind of pointless. Yeah, it's, it's kind of annoying. Like all this, why are you releasing promo art? It's not even like a poster; it's just promo art. And when it's like cartoony things of Doctor Strange and a portal and like a Spider-Man in a black suit. I mean, I guess there's moderate spoilers there, or but there's also um, promo art where um, there's posters like from the you know, within the film that say we believe Mysterio, um, which is quite interesting. Uh so presumably that would be about Peter Parker being a liar. But we're getting sort of really slowly drip fed some information. Um Obi was saying before the pod that he thinks that the trailer might well the film might be delayed. So do you want to expand on that? I just feel like we would have gotten something by now, like like Spider Man is such a fuck, uh, such a huge deal. I just feel like we would have gotten a trailer or something by now. And I asked you before because I wasn't sure, but um, how well like films are doing in the pandemic? Cause I actually don't know. Um, hey, how did Black Widow do? I think you said three hundred. How much? Three hundred fifty-nine million. Three hundred seventy-five million. Sorry like about that. that. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good actually. That was much better than I thought it was going to be. But like, obviously, we are in the UK. We're kind of like everything's like open kind of thing. But I don't know. I don't know what the vibe is like in any other part of the world, if stuff is open, if people are actually going out and doing stuff as well. So mm. my thinking is Disney, at the end of the day, they want to make money. So they're not going to release a film at a time where they think that it's not going to be like maximising potential for them to earn kind of thing. On Sony <laughs> Disney or Sony even. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know. I just feel like we would, I feel like if, if a film was coming out, definitely coming out in December, they would have, I feel like maybe they're waiting just to see if... Cause I think, and I think as well, there's another variant as well, like, uh, going around in... Like, Corona variant going around in America as well. So I feel like maybe they're just waiting to see, if like, how that plays out. I feel like, like they can't afford to 
like in terms of their scheduling to to move mm. it because mm. you've got like Doctor Strange two coming out in February, haven't you? So oh shit, yeah. If they delay that, which is December already, like you're just going to be having films on top of films. Mm. Um, I think they probably they'll probably do similar to what they did with Black Widow and release it in cinemas and on Disney Plus. Although hopefully none but of I, the act, none of the actors have a clause saying that they're entitled to shares of the profits because they might get sued again. <laughs> well, I was going to say um, I'm almost certain like uh, none of the Spider Mans are on Disney Plus. So do they have the actual right? To oh put no, the, that's that's true because it's Sony. Streaming? Yeah, yeah, but Sony doesn't have a streaming platform, and they want to make money. They're going to have to put it on one. Yeah, because I'm assuming Black Widow. This is the whole drama with Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson, isn't it? Like she's suing them because she's not getting her fair share of cut because they put it on the um, mm. streaming service too early. Mm. Which is fair enough. Yeah, like I fair, but like yeah, like um, you know, um, so. I get it. How much did she get? Sorry, can we? How, do you know how much she got? No, but she's saying that she's lost out on about fifty million. That, that fair enough. She's made in her whole career of being in the MCU like a hundred million. You're telling me this film she would she lost out on fifty million, like. Percentage of the box office. So I, I think she's a producer in this film as well, no? Yeah. yeah. So she, if you were to So what I reckon she's saying is they probably anticipated Black Widow to make about eight fifty, which is an extra five hundred to what it has made and therefore if she's entitled to 10% I don't know but for argument's sake then she's lost out on 50 million but yeah. part of me thinks that you know she's just sort of burning that bridges because she's she's not going to appear back in the MCU she's like fuck this but I also think that even if they hadn't put it on well first of all if they hadn't put it on Disney Plus premium access they wouldn't have got as much of that money because that 360 million includes people that have paid for premium access um, which is about twice the cost of a cinema ticket anyway. Do you um, think, um, do you think, um, that more people would have gone to see it in the cinema though if it hadn't been in the, uh, what's it called? Um, I think probably some, but I reckon you would have watched it on premium access if you weren't able to get to the cinema or if you were not comfortable going to the cinema. Because I think most people, I would think, and maybe I'm wrong, would want to see it on the big screen in mm. the, you know, with the, music and everything so in my mind if mm. disney hadn't put it on premier access and just relied on the cinema admission she probably wouldn't have got as much money anyway that's interesting do we know how much um how much uh money the streaming made contributed uh let me have a look um but whilst i look at that oh hang on so it's gro- grossed 359 million worldwide it also made 60 million dollars through disney plus in its opening weekend. Is that include so the three hundred and fifty including sixty? I believe so. Okay. But sixty million in its opening weekend just from That's Disney fucking Plus. good, bro. That's well its opening weekend. Yeah. I was never expected that. People are fucking that's, that's, scared. That's pretty, that's that's pretty sick to be I mean that's massive. Yeah. yeah, that is huge. But I must admit, when me and Sarah went to cinema, right, to see it and we were like we're gonna sit put our seats away from everyone else. And then these four lads decided to choose the seats next to us. And I was like, got the whole cinema. Why are you choosing these seats? Mm. Like, I can understand why people are still anxious to not go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not me to go cinema. <laughs> so, um, and again, we don't know. 
you know, I want to be clear, we don't know all the ins and outs of this, so we're going on what we can read. But, um, so, uh, Scarlett Johansson got 20 million for the film, and Damn. She's, she's arguing that the Disney Plus Premier Access had significantly, uh, no, so Disney are claiming the Premier Access enhanced her ability to earn compensation on top of her fee, and she's arguing it doesn't. I would probably side with Disney in that and think if they made because they in the US it was priced at thirty dollars for premium access. What per film? Yeah, yeah. opening weekend. That means twenty million. My maths are correct. No, Wait, two you million. Thirty pounds for one two film. Two million. Yeah, so and two million people paid for premier access. Mm. If you, I mean, that's that's probably if twenty million people bought cinema tickets, you pro- sorry two, I'm getting my last one, two million, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have made too much more, would you? So, you know, if you think about what a family ticket costs at a cinema, blah blah blah. So, I, I think yeah, if she uh, if they just relied on the cinema box office, she wouldn't have made as much. I mean, maybe I'm just I, missing I'm, something. I'm not, I'm not sure. How much did Fast and Furious make? Because I didn't get put on streaming. Yeah, it's put on streaming now. What's it on? I don't know, but I, I read the other day it's on streaming. Okay, but I didn't think much... Universal had one. No, neither did I. But um, how much did Fast and Furious make? Out of curiosity, uh, six hundred and sixty-one million. Oh shit! Hell, <laughs> that's quite a lot. So that's massive. For a uh, pandemic. This what I'm thinking. So like, I don't know, like on HBO Max. Okay, I am. Um, I'm. Um, I'm torn between. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I agree with. Uh, I'm not sure who's who signed up for them to be honest. Do you think it's a bit harsh of her to sue them, though? To be like, you know... Nah, fuck it, man. Get your coins, man. Disney got bear money. Yeah. All right, no, fine. Fair <laughs> play. Jen, can, can you check for me how well Suicide Squad is? Because I'm assuming it's done shit. 72 million. How much? 72. Is that I it? Mean, I mean, it's, it's only been out a few days in America. Yeah, so it's not been out that long. Oh, right. I was going to say. Pete, because it's actually fairly good. Well, it's good. I like it. Yeah. Detriment of the first film, eh? Yeah, I mean, the first film made bare money, so... Yeah, just, yeah like 800 million, wasn't it? Yeah, ridiculous. Cool. But, um, let me see when the release schedule was for the year. The, um, out of curiosity, um, as well, um, uh, the Eve of You... Sorry, just go quickly back to Suicide Squad. The Eve of You want uh, Will Smith to be in the next one, or do you think this film, the franchise is better off without him? Better off without him. He's, I, I think don't I don't know if they're better off without him, but I feel like he was like really the sole focus of the first film. I don't mm. think it was needed for him to be just the sole focus. Mm. I also I also think his star power has fallen off a cliff since. What? Yeah. To be fair, what what films? Is, what big films has he done since? Aladdin. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, Aladdin. You can't at like that. Aladdin made like a billion dollars. <laughs> I know. I know. But then I don't know if it's a Disney film. Yeah, I don't know if that's... Well, uh, to be fair, he did it. I mean, I'm pr- I, I don't know. I'm going to look how much Beauty and the Beast made. I mean, Lion King made over a billion, and, and you're not going to say, oh, you need to put and rightly star so. in everyone. Rightly so. Yeah, I'm not saying it shouldn't have, but I, you're not, you know, relying on the, the star power of a lion. I, I, bet, I, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I will agree that Will Smith's... Um, his choice in films uh, is not good. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like yeah, Beauty and the Beast made over a billion and 1.2 billion. So, I mean, Emma Watson, you know, whack her in the next one. Nah. Well, I feel like. Uh, false equivalency, but whatever. I feel like <laughs> Smith kind of hinders himself a little bit with his um, 
because a lot of his public life was like plastered all over the internet and like news not too long ago wasn't it because of his red table reading or whatever he does with his family and I don't know if that just maybe put an exclamation mark over his not his higher ability but it's like I don't know I don't think I agree with that personally but I'm a, I I'm a Wolf Swift, Swift stand so yeah, yeah. I, I, think, no, I, I, I think he's quality I think loads of his films probably come in my top 10 20 films you know like they're awesome and I think his acting's amazing but just haven't yeah. seen him. I mean Aladdin was what two and a half years ago maybe longer mm. yeah that, yeah um just, way longer than that actually I think it's 2019 just for clarity um Suicide Squad was released on July 30th in the UK which was just over a week ago and on the 5th of August in the US so we wouldn't have even had the um opening weekend numbers for mm. Uh, the US yet so that's 72 million for Suicide Squad is likely to go up quite a lot um, I mean just I know we've not got too long left has uh, anyone bothered to watch Jungle Cruise yeah I haven't seen it yet but I will see it at some point but yeah go ahead I don't, okay. you can go and talk about it I don't know. so Jungle Cruise is a Disney film with Emily Blunt and The Rock uh, also Jack Whitehall um, essentially it's set in like the 20s um emily blunt's character um is like a explorer she's a botanist um and she wants to go to the amazon jungle to find this plant that apparently can cure any disease it's like a healing plant um but because of the time period she's not sort of you know seen as particularly valid kind of doctor um and anyway she decides to go to the amazon with her brother played by jack whitehall who's a bit of a um stereotypical camp kind of comic relief uh where she meets dwayne johnson who is a boat kind of captain um but you know not a very good one he's got a rickety boat and he owes people money um but you know, they decide, they she convinces him to do this trip and uh, try and find this kind of leaf, this flower that can give them uh, the healing powers. Um, so it's sort of like it's based on a theme park ride, as far as I'm aware. Um, and there are certain elements that you can see from that. So there's times when they're going down the Amazon River and like um, uh, like a skeleton will come out and like you know like a jump get like kids jump scare type thing which you can imagine happening on like a ride you know if it's like a boat through a river and um so there was that element of it but um i mean i described it as pirates of the amazon because there's very much Hmm. a lot a lot of similarities between pirates of the caribbean and jungle cruise um you know they've got cgi um villains who you know have been uh trapped by a curse for several hundred years and so they've got like you know they're basically made out of snakes or bark or whatever and i'm pretty sure barbosa was like very similar and david jones um you know there's the kind of um swashbuckling element there's also you know the uh there's a bit of like a sexual tension between dwayne johnson and emily blunt which i really did not buy into at all 
particularly when you find out that Dwayne Johnson's character is over 500 years old. Um, mm-hmm. I was a bit like, nah, this is weird. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't think their chemistry was that great anyway, like not in terms of romantic. They uh, were very... Sorry, just interrupt you. Have you ever watched a film with Dwayne Johnson where he's actually had good romantic chemistry with anybody? Because I can't think of one. No, I can't think of one either, to be fair. I reckon him and Vin Diesel would have worked. <laughs> Apparently they had, um, both in their contracts, they can't lose a fight. Yeah, I did really. yeah uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. <laughs> but him and it felt quite... So for most of the film, him and... So his name's Frank and her name's Lily. They they are just like butting heads as like frenemies. And then like in the third act, I was like, oh, they're gonna make it romantic, aren't they? And they did. And I was, and then they were like, oh yeah, he's five hundred years old. I was like, no. She she finds this out and then is like, mm, that's a bit of me. I, I did not buy that at all. But um, yeah, I mean, it, what do you expect from a family Disney film? They got Jesse Plemons playing a uh, pretty stereotypical German kind of evil uh, pre-Nazi um, idiot. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was entertaining enough, but it has its flaws. Um, what did you think of it, Chris? Yeah, I thought it was, it was all right. It was good, easy watch, like, put on the background, really. I don't know why Dwayne Johnson really pushed for Emily Bunt to be his co-star in it. I, I agree with you. I don't feel the chemistry was like amazing between them. Um, Jack Whitehall did an all right job. He was meant to be the for like the comedic relief in it, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, actually. So um, this is one was, of those. It was an okay film, you know. It was like it was decent. It was a decent Disney, you know, like. It was basically Jumanji, but not in a board game. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like Jumanji crossed with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and the thing is, I can't really see where they go with a sequel, but they're definitely going to do oh, one, aren't they? To do one, aren't they? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know where they'll go unless they go exploring. But then, Rock's character is pretty irrelevant now. Yeah, but like, he's he's the main character, really, and he's. Even he would be irrelevant for a. Unless uh, uh, he has some expertise that I don't know about. It was also one of these Disney films which tonally was really weird. Like it's a twelve, but a lot like it was clearly aimed at like families, and I mean maybe because I didn't do it, I don't know how many kind of twelve you know, 13-year-olds are going to go to the cinema with their family. I guess maybe they have to with a 12A. But it was one of those, like, it had the sensibility of, like, a PG. Um, but then there were certain elements that they clearly included just to push the rating. So there was, like, you know, some sort of mild horror elements with some of the cursed um, conquistadors who are, like, the 15th century Spanish people who first conquered the Amazon. Um, you know, with like snakes coming out of their face and stuff like that, you know, very mild, but enough to be a 12. And then there was this really like, um, I don't know if you noticed it, Chris, but there was a, a, a conversation about, so the rock's character gets stabbed with a sword. Um, and that's when you find out that he's actually basically immortal. Um, but there's a, the next like two minutes is, is a massive innuendo about 
the sword. So like uh, Emily Blunt's character has to try and pull the sword out, and he's basically saying like you need to tug it really hard, and then maybe it will come. And then like she's like, oh, it's massive, and he's like, yeah, you're gonna need two hands. And then they ask her brother like, oh, do you want to get involved as well? And he's like, oh no, not really for me. And I was I was watching this, and I was like, this might go over a lot of kids' heads, but that. That sort of I, I saw that bit. I, that I, that yeah. humor was so out of place with the rest of the film. Yeah, and I was sort of like, "Why have you included that?" Because it was, you know, it was sort of like um, super bad kind of type sexual humor, and it just really felt out of place in this film. Yeah, I agree. It was very um, odd. It's almost but, like the reach around comment in um, the Batman Superman uh, Justice League. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like, why have you included that? It's a bit strange. But, um, I mean, it's showing it only made $121 million, so I can't, I can't see them greenlighting a sequel for that at the moment. Mm, maybe Dwayne Johnson can convince them. <laughs> I mean, he just, oh, I don't know. I'm sort of bored of him and Ryan Reynolds at the moment. Oh, my God, did you see, guys, see the trailer, Free Guy, where it's Ryan Reynolds and he's like put his face on like some bulky guy no so fucking stupid it is so I was watching it it played before Suicide Squad yesterday and it's literally just like um, they enter in the film I'm assuming they enter another character in the film to fight against Ryan Reynolds it's just some fucking bodybuilder but Ryan Reynolds face is plastered on on top of it and it's just so fucking stupid and I was literally watching like I'm so tired of Ryan Reynolds like fuck me this yeah so and, and this like, this Ryan Reynolds meta humour as well it's a bit like uh, I'm done with that you know like you've seen the Deadpool and Korg one when they're watching yeah. Free Guy and they take break it down and there's a point when they talk about fridging and, and Korg's like what's fridging and Deadpool's like oh remember in Deadpool 2 when they killed off his wife ha 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 I thought that's self-referential like you know it's a shit thing to do, but yet you first of all you did it, and then you make a joke out of it. Nah, I'm I'm kind of over that. <laughs> I need a break from Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. Um, Obes, did you end up watching Pretty Woman? Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, Glenn. I completely forgot. Wow. I watched, I watched The Godfather instead. So, <laughs> all right. What do you think of that then? One from the archive. Everyone says it's like a one. <laughs> Watching that is one from the archive. No, no, no. I, I, I just said to Obes because he was in quarantine. I, I'd recently watched Pretty Woman, and I said, "Oh, you could watch that," but clearly he chose to watch The Godfather. But <laughs> what, what did you think of it? Because it gets a lot of hype. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good film. Um, I wouldn't put it up like people say it's like the one of the best films of all time. I wouldn't put it that high. Like I do enjoy it though. Um, gonna get a lot of haters for that Obes well maybe um, but no it's a good it's a good film and like there are people there are characters in it that I enjoy a lot um, the whole um, the way the film's framed in terms of like timeline I think is super confusing and um, uh, unnecessarily so like you could just put like oh yeah one year later six months later but they don't do that so you don't know how long time's passed and I'd google it afterwards and it's like between the end of the film and the start between the start and the end of the film is ten years and I would never would <laughs> never would know that if they didn't if I didn't look it up. Wait till you watch the sequel. Okay, well, here we go. Because that's a prequel and a sequel. Oh bloody hell. Um but yeah, Marlon Brando, yeah, sick. Um 
what's his face? Uh, Al Pacino. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's he's good as well. I, like, I really like the character of Michael. Although I would say that for someone who at the start of the film says, "Oh yeah, that's my family. They're the mafia. That's not me." He gets himself into the business very quickly <laughs> and without <laughs> much resistance. I'll just say that much. But you know, he made he, him an offer he couldn't refuse. Well, apparently so. But I, 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 I like his character. Um, the, the 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 son that they killed, what's his name, Sonny or Santino, whatever his name is. I I felt for him. I felt really bad for him when they when they killed him off. I was like, I was hoping that he made it to the end of the film. Um, and yeah, man, I I enjoyed it. It's long as shit, but yeah, no, it's a good film. Are you gonna watch part two and three? Um, yeah, I will eventually. Uh, I don't think I've watched part two and three. You know, apparently part three is really bad. Um, but I will watch part two definitely. Uh, and then I'll see on part three. I got them all on DVD, so you know, give them a shot. I will say as well, actually, one thing that really annoyed me. Um, about this film is that Michael uh, goes to Sicily, um, marries some woman who doesn't really have any lines, and then they kill the woman, and then they don't show they don't show anything about the woman or him mourning her, or and then he just goes back to America, and then a year has passed, and then he meets up with his new girlfriend and his old girlfriend and marries her, and I know this is fucking stupid, but whatever. <laughs> that aside, it's a good film. You know, um, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed it, is Nicolas Cage's uncle. I did know that. I googled him afterwards. I was like, "Oh, Nicolas Cage is related. That's cool." Yeah, heritage director. Respect. Mm. Yeah, good movie. Cool. Any final mentions from either of you before we wrap well, up? I was going to say to you two, uh, it's just a little clip that I would, I would maybe recommend watching. Um, have you ever seen them on YouTube? It's the um, the guy who makes everyone eat hot wings, or I can't remember what it's called. Um, hot hot ones. ones. Um, and Matt Damon was just on an, on an episode, and he actually talks about um, like when he's making films, the cut the cinema gets, like how impactful DVDs not being like a thing, really a thing anymore, and how it, it, it impacts whether a film gets green lit or not. It's mm. only like a like a short two, three minute thing. I thought it was quite interesting to hear his perspective on it. And I think you two would probably find that slightly interesting, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you got a link to it or I'll just go? Yeah, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. Okay, cool. So, um, sorry, I was just going to ask if you wanted to quickly talk about um, old. Oh, yeah. Did we not discuss that? I don't think so. Really? I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, old. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan film, um, sort of going back to his like horror roots. Um, kind of basically a bunch of a family go to this resort, uh, and they get offered like a secret trip to this hidden beach. Uh, a few other families turn up and they're like, oh, thought we were told it was secret as well. Uh, and then the younger members of the family, uh, appear to be getting significantly older quite quickly um and yeah essentially the the the, the rock or something around it is, is causing people to age uh and um basically it's about the, the the group sort of like trying to figure out like do they come together do they sort of you know conflict within there i think the the premise was was pretty good um mm. And most of the execution was, was quite good. There was, I felt like 
he again he has this weird sort of tightrope with the horror where he he sort of never pushes it to like how far I would like him to. So um probably to your benefit, Obi, but there was only like one real um element of body horror in this film, which is mm-hmm. when the kind of um the young the 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 doctor's younger wife um when she's got like brittle bones oh, that was nasty. Um, and then she like basically <laughs> breaks all of her bones quite a lot and that, because she's aging so quickly they fuse into place in like awful angles That's and that so was nasty. quite disturbing but i could have lent a lot more into that a lot of it was more focused on like the families and how they were reacting to it but i don't think much of the acting was great um and i think it doesn't help that the primary family English was not those actors' first language, so they couldn't convey okay, yeah. tons of emotion. That makes um, sense. Now that I think about it, that makes a lot of sense. So I, th- I might be being really harsh to the actors and actresses. Either they're not very good actors, <laughs> or <laughs> I think talk, you know, trying to convey something in a second language is, is probably very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that helps. Um, I think they could have maybe lent a lot more into the horror. Um, but again, that's just my own preference. Um, and I think also the ending, like, he doesn't let stick his, his endings that great, does he? When it turns out that, like, um, I think the concept was interesting. So they used the beach uh, because they found out that it accelerates age. They basically used it to test trial drugs uh, mm. over the lifespan of someone. So all the pe- most of the people on the beach had some sort of ailment that they were trying to cure them of. So they were giving them experimental drugs in their cocktails. Um, and because the beach goes through someone's lifetime in essentially a day and a half, they can test to see if it lasts a lifetime, which is quite interesting. And mm. from like a scientific medicine point of view, it's like, oh, that's a really interesting theory. And also there's obviously ethical and moral implications of basically they're using these people as guinea pigs. Mm. Um, but because all of that's revealed in the last five minutes, you never really get the chance to sort of, M. Night Shyamalan never like has the chance for that debate to be had within the film. It was sort of like, oh, this happens. Oh, the police are called. Oh, they're arrested. Mm. Um, so that could have developed that quite a lot more. Um, but I did enjoy it um, a lot more than some of the other films. But he's got this history of like, so the happening was like, oh, trees will kill you. And this is like, oh, the sand will kill you. So, mm. I don't know what will be next. But what did you think of it, Um, I'm pretty much there with you, to be fair. I think the premise is better than the actual film itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the acting wasn't the strongest. Um, I especially thought the guy, like, Midfars Caravan, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> were, oh, um, yeah, Mini, Mini Sedan or something. That's the one. I thought he was pretty bad um, acting-wise. Um, I don't know what, if he's in anything else or if this was his first... I don't know but um, I didn't think he was good and I didn't really I thought some of the characters were making like questionable decisions Um, the one that I think in particular is I cannot remember his name for the life of me but um, the so they get the couple the Asian man and the black woman um, Mm. when the Asian man just decides to swim off he's like oh yeah I'll make it I'll make it and then two hours later he's dead I was like you're a fucking moron Like the girl went out to swim and she come back dead she was the first one to come back dead and he thought, oh, here, let me go too as well. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm a good swimmer. Like, you're a fucking moron. Anyway. Um, yeah. I thought it was really, really kind of butters that um, 
the boy and the girl had sex, and they're like, oh yeah, no, six that was and four, like that was so weird. That was fucking butters. I was like, ew. I was, I was just ill in the cinema. It's fucking nasty. Yeah. Like what the hell? And yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought that was a really weird choice. And I'll get it, you do it for the sake of the ba- having the baby and the baby dying super quick, like all that, fair enough. But I was just like, just the image of that, I was just like, no, that's, that's a bit green. That was very weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't love that. Um, I would say, um, about the ending, um, I thought, yeah, it was very abrupt, and I was a bit like, oh, okay, guess that's it now. And I was thinking, like, with the... Yeah, I was a bit like you, like, I feel like that... The philosophy of that, the ideology of that could have been discussed way more. And... Because I reckon there's probably people in the world who have got, like, maybe, like, not... Maybe, like, terminal illnesses or whatever, whatever, who probably volunteer for that, to be honest. Yeah. To, to like, um... You like... I don't think you necessarily would have to fucking trick people. And I just think the idea that, like, Tons of families, maybe not tons, but probably quite a lot of families are going, just going missing. <laughs> like, I feel like somebody would have picked up on that, but I don't, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I'm not always an advocate for shoehorning in a sequel, but I feel like it might have been a lot more interesting if, you know, you know, like right at the end you see the second, you know, another group of families <laughs> coming. If they'd mm. actually gone on to the beach and then, like, maybe the sequel was about, you know, more the ethical and moral implications but also what is annoying and typical Shyamalan is the bloke when he's 50 years old he's like oh I got a little note from our pal back yeah, at the I was on and he, yeah. had the, he had the key to getting out the entire time on and days, for man. no reason whatsoever he decides to remember that yeah. and I was just like that's so annoying yeah. you know um, I don't know I was just like yeah that's, that's typical annoying Shyamalan but <laughs> And how did the little kid know that his uncle hated coral or whatever? What the fuck? What does, uh, that, even, what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> like, that's so fucking cryptic. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know. know. But, yeah, it was, it was one, one of his better efforts. Um, but you know what you're going to get with M. Night Shyamalan, really. Um, credit to him, he seems to fund all his own films so that he takes all the um, financial burden, which fair play to him, allows him to do what he wants. Mm. Um so if I guess for next time, uh, whenever that may be, um, there will be at least one episode of What If, the next Disney Plus series. Um, I think episode one's about Captain Carter. Uh, and then Free Guy is also coming out. And uh, Don't Breathe 2. I don't know if anyone's going to go and watch that, but I will try to. Um, you're not? I might go see it. Okay. I, I think, think it's I'm more not... of a thriller. Yeah. That's what the trailer, that's the vibe the trailer gave me, to be fair. I yeah. think, um, there's a Matt Damon film out as well, I think. Uh, Stillwater, I think it's called. Yeah. Stillwater, yeah. Yeah. And John, Johnny Depp's got one coming out as well. And there's also the Screen Unseen, which Odeon do sometimes on mm. Wednesday, so we don't know what that might be, um, evidently, but we will let you know. Alright, well, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at YSCPodcast17, where we occasionally do polls and post other things. Um, there's also our Instagram, which is Your Average Critics. Uh, tune in next time. Peace,